Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, we are bringing someone back to the show for a second round, Adil Amarazi. And in today's episode, we are going deep on podcast titles. Now, I brought Adil back onto the show because I had a number of requests from people wanting us to cover this topic more deeply. In the previous episode, we touched on it and gave some good examples, but this episode goes much more deeply into the topic. So you can actually get a really good understanding on how your show can greatly improve your podcast titles. What I really love about this episode is we just don't talk around the theory. We actually do some real world examples and come up with some titles within the episode itself. And I think when you see Adel's brain work and how he kind of works through that to create intrigue and benefit, you'll quickly be able to pull that out and use it within your own podcast. And I think it's a great thing when someone can come on and make it tangible, make it something you can walk away with. So if you listen to this episode in full length, you will be better at podcast titles. I'll also mention towards the end of this episode, we actually talk a lot about using email marketing with your podcast as well. Now, if you're not already, you want to be growing an email list with your podcast. And if you have an email list that goes with your podcast, this is the magic that can actually drive people to listen to show and actually want to listen to your podcast itself. Now, on that note, if you're not already, make sure you do jump on our email list and get our resources to greatly improve your podcast as well. I've just put up some new resources on Valamedia. And if you head over to there right now, valamedia.com slash resources, we will put a link in the description, but there are a heap of templates and frameworks you can use to improve your podcast even further. So without further ado, we're going to head into this episode with Adul Amarazi. Welcome to the podcast for round two, Adol. How are you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm very well. How are you today? I am excellent. I'm so happy we uh, are able to make this happen because after we released our first episode, um, I got quite a number of emails and messengers, or sorry, we'll call it messages, not messengers, but it was on Messenger, on wanting more info. The the people want more and I uh, feel obligated to give them that. So for anyone that hasn't, please make sure you do check out the first episode I have done with that all here. We went really deep in two areas. Uh, One was using stories and how to use stories in podcasts which to be honest, I'm still using the things from that episode. Uh, I'll probably try to use it in this episode. Um, And then we touched on titles. And this is the thing that became really interesting is my audience after they were like, we want to know more about titles. How can we do more titles? Like we need more examples. We want to understand this. And I was like, this is the opportunity to come back and do it all over again. That was quite fun because I remember waking up to that message and kind of because we're in a different time zone. So, of course, sometimes you'll send me a message and I'll get up later on and be like, oh, cool, Charlie messaged me, which is nice. You can leave little nice notes to each other's friends if you have them around the world, uh, like Charlie and I do. Um, I really wish I could allude to something a little bit more badass that like we make fun of each other, but no, we were actually really friendly to each other, which is quite cool. <laughs> um, but one of the things I will say is the moment you said that to me and I was like, holy crap, people actually want me back on. Okay. I'm in. Um, so we can have more fun. So it's an honor for me to be here for a second round, uh, and to actually share what I know. 
Excellent. And I'm th- as I said, thrilled mm. to have made that happen. So I'm not going to beat around the bush on this one because I know my audience is going to be like, just ask him already. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll go into it from there. And I've kind of like had to think about this when it comes to titles. And I thought I would start here is like, what do you see commonly when people title their podcast episodes that you think, oh, wow, they've done a terrible job here? Like this is way off. Uh, okay. So I'm the king of this. So everything you guys are going to understand. So Charlie knows this about me. I spent the majority of my career uh, looking after other people's businesses, as you guys know, as a copywriter, as a strategist, as everything, kind of like working out all the things on other people's stuff. But whenever it came down to my own stuff, I kind of got a little bit lackadaisical, and it is Charlie's fault right now that I'm actually turning that around. But I'm glad that you asked about titles, because the biggest mistake I see people put in, and I used to do this, in fact, my team of, you know, we're training them not to do this. Uh, they would just put podcast hyphen name of person and that's it. There is literally nothing else. It'd be like, oh, podcast Charlie Valor. That that would literally be it. If there'd be nothing else, there'd be no like hooks. And it in some cases it works, in other cases it sucks because it gives the person nothing to work on. Like there's unless they know who that person is, there's no reason to actually listen to it. Mm, So that's the biggest mistake I see is that people don't give people a reason to listen. It's so interesting you make that point because one of the things I really look at is that used to be almost common practice. A lot of podcasters were just like episode 52, guest name, and that was where it is. But if that person didn't have the brand power you mentioned, um, then there was no inclination. You were kind of relying on the idea that someone trusted you as a show host to just go, well, this person is worth listening to. And I think maybe like if you go back maybe five years ago or maybe a little bit more, that would have been okay because there wasn't that many podcasters around when now it's become so much more competitive that when people have got this array of podcasts they could listen to and they're scrolling through on their phone looking at it, it's actually that title that incentivizes the click. It does. But this is the other thing I'd tell everyone. 99.2% of people still haven't cottoned on because they're all still like playing the old game of like podcast episode, blah, guest name. Like they still have that. So guys, this is your time to kind of go, Oh cool. I've got like a one up now. You have the actually, um, the best equivalency I can put to this is, and you may not remember this. Um, if you do cool, I don't think Charlie and I were around early enough to remember this. Uh, but it was in the early two thousands when SEO really went from, just basic search engine to like more sophistication to where it is today. Because 10 years ago, or even 12 years ago, when I was working as an SEO, then like using it to actually build sites and stuff, SEO practices were really simple. You could like keyword stuff, you can push stuff in, you never had to really mention it in the title, but it was like, mention in the title, see how it comes up, that kind of thing. And then as it, as it got more sophisticated, it started to build into a point where you could have long content streams that actually only mention the keyword three or four times, but they're so heavily anchored in the right place and the content is so relevant, that Google kind of goes, hey, yeah, no, this person does more traffic. Apple is still the Wild West. We don't even have a tracking system on that. But it doesn't mean that it's not coming. If you start leading that first wave of changing your titles and making them something, first of all, you're starting to like stand above your own competition. You're standing out from your competition. You start to rise above the crowd. And most importantly, if someone went on iTunes and they Googled Chris McCombs, who is one of my friends and one of like the hardest people to ever get on a fucking show, it took me seven years to convince him to say yes. 
that's like dedication to get him. So yeah, Chris's show with me. I think on iTunes, I still need to go through and change everything from like start to finish, like over 200 episodes. But I'm going to give you guys the formula of how I do this. The thing that we ended up getting that was actually quite incredible was Chris's entire, like his brand could be put online and people would click in and listen. But there's about 10 different people that interviewed him around the same time. So what got people to click on mine versus say someone else's show where they interviewed Chris? Well, when Chris went onto that show, the person actually said, yeah, Chris McCombs, a uh, great, great blogger, or they just wrote our show with Chris McCombs, first time ever, or something like that. But when I went to my note, I wrote in something like how to build, how to ethically build, uh, build a cult-like followers that are devout to you in order to, uh, that keep paying you and much more using just your words. So I went in even further. I think the title's somewhat like different to that now, which is ever so slightly, but that was the premise. We got more clicks on that show than any of our competitors that interviewed Chris. One reason we had the best title. I mean, granted, the, the, the thing was the show topics were a little bit different, but still. But isn't that interesting? You, you just highlighted something I'd, I'd never really thought about before, is that if you're someone who has uh, podcast guests on your show, so you're an interview-style show, if you're interviewing people that are commonly on other shows, if people are searching that guest name, uh, whether it's in Apple or even on Google, it's the title of your show that can actually make the difference in someone going, oh, I'll listen to that interview with that person on there. And I know that happens because I do it. So I have someone, mm. I follow Keith Cunningham is his name. And anytime Love he does Keith. an interview, oh, he's a wizard. Um, he really is. Anytime he does an interview, I will, I will listen to it. So I routinely actually get into Apple Podcasts or Spotify and just search his name to see what shows he's been on so that I can get him on or get to listen to those interviews from there. So those standout titles could very much be a real thing. Oh, massively. It's like a huge thing. Like if you don't really do it, that is like, I have a standing, uh, so I always look for, um, people I'm interested in. So of course I listen to, to, uh, to uh, Joe Rogan a lot. I listen to Rogan's guests, guests a lot, but there are a few people that aren't, that were introducing on Rogan show. Say for instance, Dan Carlin. I always look out for Dan Collins stuff on other people's shows or listen to his hardcore history podcast or any other stuff that he's doing. Like I'm a sold fan, but again, it's like the titles that are picked that really drive my clicks. If the titles are terrible, I'm not going to go ahead and click. So I think this just highlights the importance of titles and how they play a role in podcasting itself. What I'm kind of more curious of leaning into right now is let's say you've recorded an episode with someone what does the process look like or the way you start thinking about taking it from i've recorded this episode and turning it into a title itself how do you make that jump because i'll give you an example i want to go a little bit deeper because i know your brain yeah. and the better the example i give you the the more baller your answer is going to come out <laughs> when you do a half an hour podcast episode so you come on or it might be an hour you're recording this whole thing and at the end of it you're sitting there and it's like there's so many things that you go oh that could be the title or we spoke about this or there's that like even just discerning like what to put in your title from the content you make can be a challenge and I'm routinely there myself of going oh I spoke to a deal and like we did storytelling we did titles like which which one do I lean into like how do I how do I make these things a title and then the other side of that is then making it something that's actually desirable to click on so if I just make my title uh, Adil told me some stuff about stories um, it's not very appealing on the other side of it. So how do you think about that? The way that I actually come up with it is I've, uh, I'm going to give you guys two different ways. 
So one is um, the way that I do it currently, and the other way is the way that I would encourage that you do it for yourself in case you don't have the same resources. So for me, I have a team that goes through and makes show notes for me. Of course, they publish it onto my, onto my uh, website, onto iTunes. They take care of that side of stuff for me, um, which I love. So for them, the way I do it with the titles is I re retroactively go back. So once the show is on my website, like it's scheduled to go in, I'll go into that scheduler like a week before, quickly look at it and go, okay, I remember I spoke to, say for instance, I talked to Charlie, we discussed uh, podcasts, how to build them, what you really need to look at. So essentially it's the business of podcasting and how to leverage that. And then I look through my show notes and see what my guys have picked up and kind of put as the highlights. So there's bullet points. I look at those bullet points. I remember what I know about you. And I go, okay, podcast, Charlie Valor. And then I come up with a title uh, from that perspective. So this isn't the one I've come up for you. I'm not, actually, I'm not going to use you for this exact example right now because, uh, well, I could, but honestly, I want to give you guys more of a broad, a broad spectrum for something else that we really did that could be a little bit more commoditized. Like if you have an, a, a niche that is very commoditized, like podcasting, thankfully, super isn't. But let's say... Um, Instagram, no, I want to say Instagram experts. You could almost say like, like marketing would be one that's like there's, it's very hard to so do. So many marketing. Yeah, or even like business podcasts or business advice podcasts yeah. would be another one. Let's, let, yeah, business advice, pod, business advice podcasts. Okay, so this is really simple. Uh, so business advice podcasts, let's just say Charlie and I did that entire conversation. Was, I was writing about you. So what I would write would be in my subject, in my title would be podcast Charlie Valor. It would be, um, so let's say the three things that we picked out were how to leverage podcasts to make money. The second thing was how to build a web funnel that basically brought listeners and cash to your low-end offers. And the third thing we covered was how to have insane confidence in times of desperation. Like Those were the three things that we covered in the show. All three could be three separate shows by themselves, but let's just say that we were really good and managed to fit all three in. The way that I do this in the title, it would be quite simple. It would be um, Podcast Charlie Valor, the three essential areas of business that you truly need to know and master for profit, visibility, and happiness. That would be my title. It's a strong reason, title. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I make these up on the fly, just an FYI. So the reason I do it that way is I'm going to break down the formula of how my brain comes up with these is I look at what's in the context of what we discussed and what I know about the person. If I can encapsulate my overall podcast into just a summary of a one sentence or even one line of a conversation that even my, uh, like one of my best friends in the business can understand what I do, then I know I've hit a home run. So essentially I pick up person's name, podcast, fair enough. And then I go into what the big thing was. So if I really wanted to, like if it was the one that was doing for me and you, it could be um, Charlie Valor. Give me one moment. Charlie Valor would be Charlie Valor. The, what was it? Charlie Valor. Turning your, uh, turning your expertise into podcast profits and uh, podcast profits and something else to begin with a P that would come up with on the spot. Um, but those three basically come up um, as a way of building your show out. And of course, the first thing I'd say would be right away is like podcasting is absolutely amazing. So if you people do it correctly, by understanding how to use the same processes that my friend Charlie Valley used to grow his business and the way that he's helped so many other people do it, this is what we do 
next. Okay, so I just want to reiterate that one there and the idea that effectively you're doing your show notes first or having your team do your show notes and then you're kind of using it as a swipe file. You're using this as kind of like markers to understand what was in the actual episode and even highlighting some key points. Then you're like adding a layer of this in going, okay, I'm going to layer what happened in the episode with what I know about this person or the experience I had for them. So the example of me, it might be podcasting. Um, or an example exactly. of you would be like, okay, well, copywriting. Um, so layering it with that core kind of topic or what that person is known for and then bringing that into something. And, and I really like this because I feel like this is missed at times is the idea that in combining this, making it something that anyone could understand, distilling yeah. it into a basic level. And I, I just want to highlight this here as well is that I think sometimes when we're in certain niches, the temptation to add complexity to a title, to appear smarter that we know we're doing, uh, you know, it's like, oh, great for the ego. But at the same time, it prevents people from clearly understanding what they're actually going to get from this and making it attainable. Exactly. Exactly. You want to make things like understandable. And it's just crazy because like one of the things that people like tend to miss out on is, as you just said, they want to go complex when they could actually do something very simple that would make far more sense. Um, and one of the other ways to combat that would be look at the lingo your audience already uses. If your audience uses a certain word that is complex that everyone knows, then you're all good to go. Like for instance, if I say the word squeeze page, the majority of my audience know what that is, but I've actually tested this in in public and said, yeah, you need to send them to a squeeze page. And I've gotten literally deadpan faces, people going, what the fuck's the squeeze page? Don't know what that is. I'm like, oh. Oh my God, like it's been so long since I've been around other humans that don't know what that is that I'm like, you should know what that is. And then of course it becomes a point of me being able to educate them. But at the same time for my audience that I serve, they know what that is and they'll get an instant. So for instance, if I was doing like a podcast title, it would be like the 10 secrets you need to have, sorry, the five elements to a 60% plus squeeze page uh, design and the psychology behind it. Lengthy ass title tells them exactly what's going to go, what's going to go in. And usually, I try to get these inside the space of about one or two lines, uh, or basically it's one sentence, as as short of a sentence as I can make it that basically summates everything. Yeah, I think um, length of title definitely matters, especially with podcasting, because so much of it can get cut off. Like you have yeah. very very limited space, and uh, to the point, if you've got a long guest name and you put it first you might actually not see any of your title. So you've got to always like lead with that from there. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. curious though, from your point of view of what you mentioned there, let's say um, most podcasters are in a niche or a subject. There's very few truly broad podcasters like Rogan. Yeah, um, very true. Do you think there is an advantage in intentionally using lingo that stands out to your audience? Yes, there is. There's actually a massive advantage to do so. Um, and it comes down to this whole idea that you're, you're speaking to that crowd, you're speaking to that niche and that audience. And as you teach, you're not trying to go for the million plus audience every single month that everyone is trying to go for. You're starting to build out small and build a dedicated base of people. Once you have that dedicated base of people, you're, you're essentially able to leverage that quite powerfully um, and you're speaking to them because they'll just start attracting other people that speak that same lingo. I mean, think about it. How many business owners are there online in our industry that would understand the term squeeze page? I'm guessing it's well over 10 million people globally, maybe even 30 or 40 million people globally, depending on, like, you know, if you look at it um, 
as a graph. 50, 40, 50 million people, easy, you can get that. So that's my audience. Now, if I niche that down even further to the point where I've only got like 10,000 strong at base, and then it gives me this potential of this 100,000 to a million plus audience, I'm going to use that because it means that my, I can educate my crowd and get them going, which is fine. Um, one thing I do want to touch upon, because we did say there was two ways of doing this and I didn't cover the second. Do you mind if I quickly do so? No, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just digging here because I think there's some great insights, but I'd love to cover the, the second. Yeah, we'll, we'll loop back around to this point in a second, but the other one's quite simple. The reason I want to answer it now is because uh, I know someone's going to be like, dude, you didn't answer that other, you didn't say the other thing. What do you mean? It's a and perfect open loop. We're keeping them engaged. They're, they're hanging. Oh, entirely. <laughs> entirely. But what I want to do is uh, what you're about to ask, or what I believe you're going to ask me, um, actually answers uh, and ap- applies to a lot of the stuff that is in that second way of doing it once it's completely recorded on the day. Um, but, but it's just rules that you have to follow. Uh, and that's really the case in point. So the way that I actually do this is I've, is I've just got off the phone, say my friend, Sarah Rathlink, who's absolutely brilliant at LinkedIn. What I would look like, what I would look like is as I upload the title, if I was coming up with the title on my blog, it would be something along the lines of how to take, uh, sorry, how to make an awesome, A-W-E-S-A-M, because that's how she's branded itself. Awesome LinkedIn profile using um, the social, the LinkedIn social selling uh, blueprint, or something like that, um, something along those lines. So it marks her brand, marks her people, marks my people, and it tells you exactly what's going on. Because in your mind, you're like, okay, I actually understand. And by the way, for the people who are wondering what that noise is in the background, that is Chase, my cat, aka my podcast host who cannot for some reason ever know that uh, if I'm recording, that's a no-no time. Yeah, but, yeah, hey, guest appearance. <laughs> guest appearances, co-hosts. I'll, I'll put featuring uh, Chase in the title. Don't yeah. Go covered. Featuring Chase to see what happens. I'll tell you what, I'll send a photo to you guys so you guys can see what he looks like because he is he's a very gorgeous cat, but he's just a very loud cat that likes to meow at nighttime. Uh, and I will have to eventually throw a pillow at him because, you know, cats be crazy. But going back to my point, when you're actually creating something along the lines of your own title, you take what they're doing, um, as in their industry and niche, so they, like what they're known for, and then you add in all the elements that kind of make it right. So for instance, you take the subject matter of the, of the training, what they're kind of known for, and then add in um, a way that actually gives benefits. So for instance, if we look at my actual title I gave, about Sam, it would be like how to be all Sam. All Sam is her brand, so people know who she is. On uh, using uh, the link, uh, using LinkedIn, she is known for being the LinkedIn queen. So you got LinkedIn, Sam, all Sam, three already, and then you got a fourth that comes in, which is about how to um, how to use the social selling blueprint for LinkedIn. So that is beneficial now because now you're wondering what's the social selling blueprint and what does it do and how does it make LinkedIn effective. Now that sells you on the title. Now my description goes into like how Sam has gone on to uh, from having a ruined business to actually having a very successful, almost seven figure business in the space of like 18 months Um, and how she's gone from barely charging 750 pounds for a one day consultation to charging uh, 20,000 pounds for a one day consultation. Like she, we cover all that and more in that episode. Now, would you say that's beneficial and actually tells you exactly what you're going to be getting with me? Or is that just very, very blurry to say Sam Rathling podcast? Which one would you rather? I think there's a winner. Um, 
I think it's the one with just Sam's name in it, though. Like, I, I was sold that. No, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Like, obviously, the one is there. But <laughs> what, what I think is really um, fascinating here is the idea of, like, the way you're describing, like, introducing certain elements. Like, if you're going to provide a framework of these elements, it makes it much easier to kind of do. So, like, step one is, like, their brand. You know, like, yeah. you, you understand their brand. And then, like, step two is, like, the thing, the subject. So what's the yep. thing? And then I, I like the idea of like, okay, well then how is this important to my audience? Or how does this yeah. kind of layer in to be useful to my audience? Um, so when I look into that and I go, all right, we look at that from there, you can kind of come up with some interesting constructs on the back of that. So for example, it's like, even in this episode, we might turn this title into um, a very simple, similar way. It's like uh, how you can think like a copywriter when it comes to perfect podcast titles. And yeah. it's like, you know, that's your brand. Like with Avila Marcy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's another way that you can end it is you don't have to put their name at the start. You can always go with person. I'm actually a big of the- fan of that because if there is any cutoff, not that I don't like people's names, but it's like the name isn't necessarily the strongest pull there. Like exactly. there's so much more and, to it. And you can put that name in the first line of the description going, uh, you know, Avila Marcy or Joe Bloggs or, you know, Charlie Vallow, whoever it is, it dropped into the studio today and we did like dropped in and we did an excellent episode around this, this, and this. Inside this episode, we cover A, B, C. Go listen to it. I like and that. Now so done- to, to read a still, and I always like to go back and read a still when we, we cover something because I want to make sure, oh, sure our audience uh, can relate to that. So, in, in this approach and how it's different, like step one, the version one we did is like using our show notes as a swipe file and then pulling ideas and concepts from that and turning it into a title. This version is almost like, I don't want to say a polar opposite, but certainly very different and probably easier for a lot of people where it's like, okay, who is this person? What do they do? And then how does it offer benefit? Yeah. What was the big benefit that we got from this episode? Yeah. So I I like that as a structure as well. And um, can we dig a little bit deeper here? I'd love to hear some examples of these. um, If you've got any more, you could maybe suggest some for different niches. Like if someone was, let's say, in fitness, how would you approach it? Okay. So let's let's just hypothetically say that Franco Colombo was introduced or was interviewing his old buddy, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's the show that they were doing. And Franco was writing the title. The way that I would actually have this written out would be, um, for health and fitness, would be all-time Mr. Olympia universe, whatever it is. Basically pick a title that Arnie's known for, or you can even just go Arnie drops into the, or even go Arnie drops by, or um, or Arnie reveals bodybuilder secrets that he's, that he was, uh, that he would take to his deathbed. Or Arnie finally, yeah, Arnie finally reveals, um, you know, nutritional secrets that he swore that he would take to, would take to the grave. And the description could be, I managed to finally call on my friend Arnie and ask him why he always used to eat the way he did when we trained together because Arnie would always go away and do this meticulous meal prep and he would never let anyone know what he was putting in there. And he said they used to help him get stronger, grow bigger muscles and actually keep his stomach, his stomach very lean. And today's athletes, they have this GHG, uh, you know, human gro- HGH, uh, human growth hormone, a gut, which, you know, looks shredded, but hangs over their pelvis. So it looks out of shape. Um, and of course, Arnie was like completely ripped and flat stomach and stuff like that. So I asked him how this would go on. And that right there is a complete opening premise to get anyone that's involved bodybuilding, 
wants to know what's going on and you know they want to know what that secret is it's built in so much goddamn intrigue so if you want to do this with say relationship coaching and you don't have a famous name but you are trying to build your name up the way that you would do this is pick the subject say something around um Give me a subject in dating and relationships, like that we could cover. Well, I've been out of this game for a while. Of uh... <laughs> no, well, relationships also cover marriage. So okay, so um, let, let's have a look at this one. Is like um, how to have a good first date. Perfect. How to have a good first date. That's let's say that's the top conversation for that one episode. And the overall thing is about like dating and relationships in every area and facet. Um, how what was it? How to plan a first date or. Well, let's just say the topic of the episode was the first date. We'll go with that. Okay, the first date. Everything, everything of the first date. So the way that would do this, and let's just say it's a solo episode that you don't have a guest, because a lot of my titles I've given are guest-related. Let's do some with your solo. The solo way that I would do this would be the three things uh, people secretly want you to know on the first date, and how to uh, like. What was it? Three things people want you to know on the, on the first date. Ellipses. Dot. Dot. Dot opening paragraph to your description dot 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 continues on that line that most people will be scared to admit they love or something like that it basically gives you a perfect time to drop off because you have that cutoff point and then you have the continuation underneath the perfect point is because it cuts off like the three things you should know dot 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 say it cuts off and goes to the continuum of the description it says um and not doing these screws up your first dates forever or something along those lines you now have an effective way of getting someone hooked in because that's what they want. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to throw another niche at you here. And I'm just curious Definitely. if you do something that you've done with the other two. And if you do, then we're going to talk about that point. So let's. we're going to say the next one is about we're going to go money. And we're going to say okay. it's about um, when can you retire? That's what we're Ooh, going with. The episode retirement. was about retirement. Okay, cool. Like when you can actually retire and let's just say how you can retire early. Let's just say those are the two things. So it's going to be more of a finance thing. Um, and it's like five ideas of building wealth right now so you can retire early and enjoy your money. Okay. And enjoy your life. So the title for that would be something along the lines of your hidden, your hidden wealth. No, not even your hidden wealth. Sorry, that would come in later in the title. It would be what was it? Retirement question mark. Your hidden wealth reveals when, or your your hidden wealth profile reveals when, or even the question could be when should you when should you retire or when can you retire question mark. Podcast reveals all, and then the description goes into how that's actually linked. Like so, you basically leverage heavily on the description for the keyword research and the explainer, but the the title itself en encapsulates you. So one of the things I want to mention here is that the three titles you've just um, gone through, first off, could be swipes for other niches. So if you're sitting oh, here or listening to this, like and you're in a, a different niche, maybe you're in B2B or doing something different, all three of them could be reworked to be good titles in what you do. But the thing yeah. that really stood out to me in all of these, and I, and I want to ask you about how you in, either do it uh, unintentionally or intentionally and how we can all start doing it intentionally, is after every title, I, I feel like I have this response of like, I, I want to know what's next. <laughs> like there's a curiosity to the next bit. Like what's my hidden wealth profile? What did Arnie want to take to his deathbed? Like it, there's this curiosity yeah. element that really stands out that you are, I feel you're particularly strong in. 
Um, and I you. want to know, is that ingrained and unconscious or is that something you put into your thought and something podcasters can it's, use? It's ingrained and unconscious now because jokingly, and I can't believe I'm actually saying it out loud because for a very long time, um, so there's two things that my friends know me for, and like my NLP friends. Um, granted, I do understand NLP. It's one of those really cool things, but I don't do it in copywriting because for me, I think it's pointless. There's a way above and way beyond and way deeper. I've probably pissed off a bunch of people by saying that, but <laughs> I don't care. Um, I'm not sure the NLP community is huge in podcasting, so it might be all right. <laughs> it might be okay. Um, but what I'm saying is the idea is uh, one of my friends said to me, he goes, you are, like, I asked him what was really good at, and he goes, your mastery is in two major areas that you, I don't think you're conscious in. I was like, what's that? He goes, number one, you're excellent at reframing almost anything that gets thrown your way. You can reframe on an instant. The second thing is you're very good at creating open loops and jokingly every so often he nicknamed me loops because I like keeping people on the edge of their seat because it's a curiosity builder. But the way that you get around that and the way that you actually start training this in your own brain is look at how you can um, study stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is the best place for this because they do so many setup punches. Like their, their entire style of speaking is a setup to get you to say, what's the punchline, right? Yeah, definitely. So if that's the case, then you should be studying the people who give you the biggest open loops. So when when I'm actually opening up an area to actually give you that, oh, what's next? Tell me, no, what's going to the grave? What's happening here? What, what's the five? What's my hidden wealth profile? What what I'm doing is essentially is I'm thinking almost unconsciously what are questions I can get you to ask that relate to the answers in my show. So your hidden wealth profile, which by the way I completely made up right now. Because uh, I was using wealth dynamics as an idea that you and I had multiple conversations about, um, which is brilliant. I was taking that same thought process of like hidden wealth profile, going, okay, uh, are you an investor? Are you the type of person that you know has to like run your own business? Are you the type of person that can actually stagger onto great if you're an idea person, or are you the type of person that needs to look for someone with ideas and you can implement, or something like that? Find your partnerships. Um, so you have all those different wealth profiles. Now, if that's what we discussed and we put that forward, it, it creates that curiosity and uh, creation. How you start opening up those loops is look at what your audience is already asking as well. If your audience is asking for, how do I write titles for like podcasts? How do I get emails like read for podcasts? You now have that element and you can actually write your title around that. So you can use that as going to say like the, what was it? The three different methodologies or the two different methodologies Adel uses. Uh, sorry, two different ways to create story-based titles that leave you hanging. Or for instance, for this episode, it could be, oh God, actually, I'm going to put the spotlight on you and see if you can come up with one on the spot and I'm going like, to jump in as well. So what would you actually go with this title if you were to uh, create it? On, on the basis of this, although I, I'm not sure I handle the pressure as well as you, one, one of the things I, I will say is I enjoy having you on this show because I know even if we are recording, I have a high level of confidence I can throw anything at you and there'll be some sort of uh, unique gold that wouldn't necessarily be abstracted if it was more planned. Um, and that's yeah, really that, appealing. That's, that, that's our entire show and dynamic, by the way, folks. It's essentially, do you need any questions? No, just ask me things <laughs> and see if I can answer them. But, but to, your, to your point is like, I, for my approach, I'm a bit more of a, I suppose we'll uh, call it methodical copywriter. So um, yeah. 
uh, my creativity side isn't as strong as some, but then I, I very much like to look to swipes and things. And I, I look to the example you've given here and it's like um, copywriting pro reveals uh, three secrets to perfect podcast titles. And uh, that the reason I went with that is like perfect podcast titles, kind of the P thing you mentioned earlier. Yep. And then the credibility is that it's from a copywriter. Like that's the – that's yeah. the pull on like this guy's qualified to give that um, kind of advice. I'm going to tweak that slightly. And this is what I'm going to show you guys, because some of you guys might have some great ideas and you might think, right, I hit a home run right away. You can always tweak. Like even I tweak uh, my own titles. As you'd see, I always think of what best way to say them. The only tweak I'd make in that would be um, what's it called? Uh, $700 million copywriter reveals perfect podcast uh, premises and titles. Um, which is really simple. And my cat is going crazy because apparently he loves that title. So we're just going to chalk <laughs> that up. Nailed it, yay. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it entirely. So, so you, you've kind of added in a tangible there. Yeah. And I really like tangibles in titles. So it's like, you know, uh, for example, it's like, you know, how to lose 50 pounds might be or kilos or whatever it is, but it's like oh, in 12 days yeah. or without this. Like whenever you can add a tangible to a title or an element oh. that enhances I think it's a really cool yeah. thing as well. An- another way that we can run with that, so people are like, how, how would you do that? Here's a really simple one that you can run with, which is um, writing perfect podcast titles without pulling out your hair. Answers from a $700 million copywriter. Dead simple. Gives everything that you need. That last part is gratuitous. It doesn't even need to be included in my books. But I'm saying that if you were to actually include what that person was known for, bam, you add that at the end. You now have something that gives you incredible intrigue. And of course, right away in the description, the first thing that you'd write is, um, we, we also covered email subject lines, which we're going to cover in a moment. So, Well, I mean, that is the transition and what a segue. Thank you for that. You just handed me an absolute layup. It's uh, always nice working with podcasters because <laughs> they kind of do it. Um, and to add context to, to this, um, one of the things I routinely see is terrible emails from podcasters. And what it will often be is they'll um, effectively like, you know, episode 52 of the podcast out today and there's no feature, there's no benefit. uh, And then effectively those show note points that they've got is pretty much the email with a link to click. And I I just see this as a huge missed opportunity. About, I'll say six months ago, I started taking email much more seriously and creating story-based emails or creating emails that sold someone on the idea of why they would listen to my podcast. And I've seen a big increase in results. And here's the thing. I don't think I'm that good at it. I think I'm just not doing the crap that everyone else does. However, massively, I think you've got the opportunity to take this to a whole new level. So let's say we've gone through some of the things we've spoken about here and we're spending the time to create better podcast titles and we've got this good podcast content. If we're using email, which you should, how would you then approach the idea of sending someone an email to listen to this episode? Are you taking this title and just building more around it and using that description or do you see email completely differently? Email is a little bit different. Email, uh, you got to succinctly sell the click and that is different than selling a stop and scroll, stop scrolling and listen slightly different because that the, the latch on the podcast that they're all ready to listen to a podcast they were there for that reason. Now they're picking you for that reason. Whereas an email, they weren't looking to listen to your podcast right now. 
they just happened to see it. And now they're like, oh, I could listen to this. So it has a different element. And the way that I would do this with an email is, yeah, you could use the show notes. That's a great way of doing it. But rather build in a story of why that guest, like what is it that you like about them? How did you meet them? Even if it's something where you were introduced, like I usually am, where I'm introduced to people um, by a podcast booking agent. They like ask me, hey, I'd love to have this guy on your show. Do you think you can do this? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. I think that's fun. And at the end of it, I'll have a really good conversation with them. When I'm writing the email out to promote their stuff, it would be along the lines of like, even Charlie Ballard, great example. I'm just going to keep using him because prior to our first show, Charlie and I really didn't know each other all that well. At the end of our first show, I asked him to be on my show. And then from then we've developed quite a good friendship. And over a couple of weeks, it's really, really cool. But the way that that works, and it's quite simple, is that email would be around like, for instance, um, podcast do's, don'ts, and things you need to know would be like my subject line. And immediately my email going to like, hey, so a couple of weeks ago, I was on this podcast uh, with this guy called Charlie Valor. Yes, he has a kick-ass cool name because I would actually write that in my emails. And what we covered on his show was so cool like because it really gave me an idea to flex my muscles and my brain to show what I could do. During that show, I actually turned it around and said I'd love to have him on my on my podcast, Adam Marcy Unplugged, with a link to the actual episode. Um, and he agreed. We hopped on. We had a great time. We actually covered a lot about podcasting, consistency, making sure you actually got everything together, what, what equipment you need to have, what kind of stuff you need to have in production, just so many different things that we went into. And how all this really benefits you is the end result is you get to put yourself out there on a platform that is just like Google uh, pre-2008, where you have free reign. And what we go into will basically uh, catapult you to uh, far beyond what you could do on your own. So go ahead and check out this episode. Um, and then I give them the link again. Now, if I really wanted to push this even further, cause I have a several, I have several podcasters that are in the same space or somewhat similar. Um, and I can say that this is a really good way. So if you're spending a weekend, how would you like everything you need to know about podcasting? If I sent that email, it's like the email would be the one-stop shop for podcasting. Over the last couple of years, I've interviewed some of the best podcasters on the planet. People have their own podcasts. People that actually teach podcasting. It's been one hell of a ride over the last seven years. But right now, I want to give you something that's brilliant because I love summaries. I love having everything in one place. And if you have the time this weekend, here are, my, here are all the podcasts that I have with guests, speakers, like people that actually um, book people on shows, so agents podcasters and other hosts and how they get their show up and running and also people that are um they basically get themselves out there so they build their brands so they have people coming to them all the time um with minimal um you know spend so here is like the top 15 episodes and each one is like a different title so like i would compliment like listen to the one that i do with charlie valor with, a, with like i'd go listen to my first episode with zachary j babcock then listen to the one I do with Charlie Ballard and go back to the one I did the second time around I'd had uh, Zachary on my show. And this is the kind of stack of your foundations of how you get your podcast launch and what you need to know the do's and don'ts. Then you've got like Courtney um, and you've got, uh, so you've got Courtney and two of my other friends like Jay Wong. And all they do is they create uh, shows for experts, but more specifically in different marketplaces and how they actually put people onto shows in different marketplaces. And then you've got like, say, uh, someone else that basically teaches entirely about how to brand your show and get yourself out there. So I do this best of episode thing and mail it out. You've got about nine or 10 links in there, fair enough. But at the end of the day, you're actually giving someone what they need. Now, if you look at that same email, the difference between the two is the first one, I tell the story of how I know 
Charlie particularly, I actually introduced him as I introduced to as, as a friend. And then the second lot is these are all my friends. I don't have time to go into what they actually, why they're my friends. We go into that podcast, but here's what you're going to basically pick up from each one of their episodes. Click here to listen to each one. And I recommend listening to them in this order. That basically gives someone like an idea of what you're actually caring about and how much you care about what you're doing. I um, giggled halfway through that. You may have noticed. Um, and I, I did. Do, do you want to know why? Is because yes, like, of course. I, I have sat there for an hour trying to work out what to put in an email. Or what, and it's like you just reeled that off on the cuff, and it's like I think um, this is one of those times where it's like you've got a skill some of us um, envy that you may take for granted at times. I, <laughs> I, just, think I, I just actually do because it takes it takes me freaking ages to do this for other people when I'm working. Like if I'm actually doing this, I'm like, oh yeah, Adel, come up with an email. I'm like, uh, I I don't I need an hour to come up with it. Whereas if I'm speaking freely, it just comes out of me. Um, but we have to so, we have to go back because there's some things there and some insights that I think are, are really yes. interesting um, in, in both examples here. So the the first one I noticed is that you write your emails in first person. Um, yes. You're not writing them like they come from a company. I'm going to say no. writing it like it comes from a company is probably universally a bit, bit of a mistake these days. It's a douche move and always has been. Like people just don't like it. Second thing I noticed is that it's actually a standalone piece of content. Like if someone read this email and then didn't even hit the click, they would still be better off for reading the email. There was value within the email itself. Yes. So I would say that's probably the second thing we can look at here is that your emails, I suppose, they can't require the action to be of value is how I would kind of encapsulate that. Um, it, it, it gives you a, like, I'd say the emails give you maybe 1% value or like 5% value, but the click is where the 95 gold line is. So the whole thing is the emails purpose is to like whet your appetite. So for yeah. instance, if you're, if you're scrolling through YouTube, like I do, um, on my homepage, it gives me JR Eclipse, which is Joe Rogan Experience Clips. And it'll just give me like something that's really interesting. Like Kevin Hart talks about the last dance. Um, Michael Jordan documentary, which if you haven't seen. Oh my God, I, I saw the Kevin Hart version and I've seen the documentary. It's amazing, but continue. How, continue. how great is that documentary though? Unbelievably good. Yeah, if you haven't, even if you don't like basketball, please just go watch it. It is, it is like, it, it fires you up. I agree with Kevin, it genuinely fires you up to go do things because you realize that you're like, man, I am lazy compared to this guy. We'll come back to that because I think there is conversation yeah. there. But there I mean, um, to the come. point of this, I just want to uh, make sure it is, but that's probably the perfect analogy is like you're looking to provide like a value clip in your email, like yeah. a snippet or a little bit of gold where it's like of value enticing your appetite, but does leave you wanting more. You want the meal. Exactly. It's the same as if I'm going to give you guys another way of doing this because it's not just with emails. You can do this with Facebook ads. So the way that I do it with a Facebook ad, if you have a video or an audio uh, podcast, if you're doing an audio, get an audiogram uh, made. You can use an app like headliner.app, which is brilliant. There's that. And then there's also, uh, so you have headliner app, which I would definitely recommend. If Charlie, you're not already a person, please become an affiliate and put an affiliate link to that damn thing. Ooh, it's uh, awesome. I'm actually anti-headliner. I um, Really? So we've done a lot of testing. We spend a lot of money on ads and overwhelmingly videos trump audiograms. Like, Oh, without a doubt. Like they trump it a million and one percent. Like, but I'm saying for the people that don't have video podcasts, like for instance, they just do audio, which I assume most of your audience would actually do video following your, your lead. 
Um, big, big push on it. But even to that point there is I actually tell my audience that if or people I work with is like, okay, you don't have a video podcast, you're on an audio podcast. Do you have a smartphone? Great. You now have the ability to record a little video clip that is this enticing content that Ooh, will do so okay. much better than just doing an audiogram. Okay, even better. Scrap what I just said, which is a rare reduction or redaction, but we'll redact it. So scrap what I said, we'll leave that in here because I want people to know that we all do make mistakes. But the way that I would actually do this, and you just gave me a great idea, is if you're doing a video podcast like this, I would take a five-minute segment that you'd find that's quite interesting. Like, for instance, even this by saying, uh, you know, first time ever Adel messes up live on on air, which, you know, I rarely do, but screw it. It's that. You that put would it actually on probably be a good title, by the way, but anyway. Massively, because it drives intrigue. It, what did he mess up? How do you do this? You can even go as far as saying a healthy debate, like Russell Brand and Jordan Peterson had it best, which is like what a healthy debate actually looks like. That was their subject line for a video. It worked brilliantly. But with a Facebook ad, if they have that and um, the copy above goes, uh, had Adam largely back into the, into, um, back in the studio, we're doing another episode. And then we had a point of contention where he was talking about audiograms. Now I know, and I've tested this, Adel hasn't, um, but you should really see his reaction because it's hilarious. And this actually shows you more of what business should be like. And that sets an example of tone. You can take away what business should be like. You can just leave it with watch his reaction and people watch that video for that reaction. If there was a reaction, obviously. Yeah, we need something more dramatic. I might have to cut in the face later. He's like, oh my God. Right, just like completely like random face. Um, but you have stuff like that already in there. But if you're doing something like JRE or even your own show, just take like a small clip that kind of plays into what you're talking about. It's a start to a finish that so actually encapsulates the end point. But then it's so intriguing that people want to keep listening. Like the thing I love about Rogan show is they'll do like a, sig- a snippet, but that snippet actually covers what the t- the title promises. Like it never goes like, oh, hey, like uh, Kevin Hart's like thought process on um, the last dance with Michael Jordan. Like, he, he just finishes that one segment that he, what he talks about. And then at the end, he's starting to move on to another conversation. In that same right, it keeps you entertained and engaged for what it is that you're delivering, gives you a level of uh, satisfaction. And then, as we said, whets your appetite for more. So you have that in there. It's built in as like an internal pressure to get people to uh, keep watching. Now, if you're doing this with a smartphone, you have a smartphone, just pull out your smartphone and say, hey, today's episode we're actually releasing is at this time, or today's episode, we've got my good friend Charlie Valor on the show. We're covering, covering this, this, and this. Go click the link in the, you know, in the ad above, check it out. And I guarantee, and what I'll say is that um, about 10 minutes into it, I make fun of Charlie and then he gets me right back with like such a good comeback that at least my jaw like dropped and I'm flawless. Um, I had to stifle a laugh. Ha ha. Go check out the, you know, the link above. And of course I've got a transcriptionist, a transcription sort of, of the same video content in the ad above with all the links in place and ready to go. Cause that gives you a whole different edge. Cause you again, allude to what you're doing and what's going on. Um, and it's another way of using the title really entirely. Yeah, see, I, I, what, one of the things I think is unique in podcasters is they're content makers. They're already behind a microphone. I don't think it's a stretch for them to make smartphone videos or, or even record video with a Logitech camera like we are now. Um, I understand some people do have an audio show and like they, you know, it might be the absolute limit for them to use an audiogram. 
but mm-hmm. it's just like it is such a missed opportunity with like the example you just gave there or, or what yeah. we do with these shows. He's like, I'm getting like without a doubt like five, six times the return, probably more these days with a video versus that audiogram. Um, so that's why we've put so much in it. I mean, once upon a time, if you go back, I think they were probably stronger. But these days, uh, video just it's appears to be down. king. Yeah, video is always going to be a thing because people want to see you. They want to, especially with the day of social distancing. It's a great way of seeing someone. Um, you have Zoom dates now. That's the thing that's the, that really happens. To to loop back into this, though, and like what we've encapsulated there, the, the next element I kind of uh, are paying attention to is the use of story. It's kind of something that's come through all of these this email as well. How important do you feel it is to be story-driven with your emails and your content these days versus maybe feature and benefit? Massively, like almost hugely. Like I've uh, I've argued this point to 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 no end, where I believe you need like the next decade, 2020, 2030, story is going to be even more prevalent in King. Um, there's a really good Netflix documentary that I haven't got into right now, but it's like something about media trials or whatever it is. Uh, and the guy's entire thing was like, when I became a lawyer, I realized it wasn't about who was right and wrong. It was about who told the better story and was more believable. That's really don't you really thing. want someone in a court of law saying that, don't you? Like you want to believe the system is above that, but it's like, no, nonetheless, is that... Yeah for that position. But I I would also say that it's probably a huge amount of truth in that. Massively. I mean, think about it. Think about it this way, and I'll explain very simply. Who are you going to believe? Like, honestly, if you have just seen, like, give me an example where someone has to talk themselves out of a bad situation. Like, they would stutter and they would fuck up usually, and that's how it ends up being a bad situation for them. Yeah, I would say so. That what, what would give me an example, like a perfect example. Let's say it's a law. Actually, uh, officer of the law catches you with drugs in your bag. Right, Most people, let, let's, not that it's ever happened, but I'm going to give you guys an idea. Just, actually, let's choose a different one because I'm actually realizing that I could be giving someone a way out of jail free. Get out of jail free. <laughs> we'll, we'll steer away from that topic. We'll steer away from that. Let's just say you're getting a free coffee um, or something like that, right? So you want to get what free about coffee? We, we go, you get pulled over for speeding. Okay. I was trying to find something that wouldn't be law by like law breaking, but sure, let's go with speeding. <laughs> so the way that I would do this is that you have to essentially I would start knowing what my target was, what we were discussing, how we were like talking about it. So I'd get them into a conversation. Obviously, the first thing I'd do, they want to know exactly why you were speeding. Like, why were you like speeding off? Now you can have one of three options. You can be Extremely truthful, which is I was driving. Like sometimes telling the truth gets you out of trouble. Like for instance, a friend of mine was driving his brand new car. It was a Honda Civic Type R. It was a racer car. He was going fast. Got pulled over by the cops. Police officer goes, do you know what you're doing? He goes, why were you driving so fast? And my friend's response was, have you seen what car I'm in? And the officer just looked at him and went, he goes, dude, I had to take it out and see what I could do. I'm sorry. That's why I did it at night. And the officer was like, be better next time. Let so we obviously have a, a motorhead cop. We have a, we have a car fan for that to yeah. synergize with him. So we have that there as one. Then another way would be, say, for instance, you get pulled over. The thing is, if you're unconfident and you're stuttering and stammering, there's less believability and less truth in it. 
So if you tell the truth, obviously that works. But sometimes if you need to tell a story to get yourself out of trouble, you need to make it believable. So it could be something along the lines of, I'm about to poop myself. That could be a whole thing because no police officer wants to like stop them and be like, oh man, I got to stop a person from pooping themselves. Do you know how horrible that is? Every person has been in that situation where they're behind the wheel and like, I got to get home. <laughs> like, I've got to find a bathroom right now. So that's another way of doing it. But essentially, if you want to go further, like much further, let's just say the cop is not believing anything you're saying and you need to tell them the real life story of exactly what's going on and why you're doing what you're doing. The story that you say, let's just say that it's you're driving quickly because you need to get home because you were really hungry and you just want to be, like you, or even worse on, you just have the worst day possible and you want to get home. That's what you want to do. You've had the worst day possible. You're driving fast. You get home. That's what you want. Now you can say that to a police officer and you might get Mr. Cranky Pants that hears it 50 times a day. He's like, you know what? Screw you. I'm having the worst day than you. I'm going to find you three times as much. Now you're in trouble. Or you're dressed up in a story. The story could be something something simply along this. It's like, first of all, one of the ways around this, you can get angrier than they are. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. My brain was not like at all. Like, don't even give them an opportunity to interject your story. Just go. Like, rail that story would be, I'm sorry that I'm actually rushing home right now. My day is actually completely crazy. I literally woke up, stubbed my toe on the way out of bed. Then halfway through, some asshole spills his coffee on me. I get to the office only to find out that the person that I need to see today has COVID. And more importantly, they didn't message me about it. So they dragged my ass the entire way across London. Then thinking I can get home and just want to crawl back into my bed, have some food and just relax for the evening, gather myself. I unfortunately leave my foot too far onto the gas pedal and just goes far too quickly, unfortunately pissing you off and getting, or like, you know, catching your attention. And um, now here we are. So my only question is, what are we going to do about it? So I flip that entire conversation back to them because they're now their thought process is, do I make this person's day worse? Or do I play the nice person and actually be like, dude, I totally get it. Just be a little more careful. Do you know what's interesting is like what I've just picked up in the stories you've told in, in all examples is it's the relatability that plays a huge role yeah. here. It's like if that person can go, oh, I've had that day. Um, yeah. Or it's like, oh, I bought that car. Like I'm that motorhead cop in your example where it's like, oh, I've got a nice car and I took it out at night. That that yeah. relatability is, is the essence of the story. Massively. But back to um, the idea of like how this stacks up against someone who sits there and they're like, oh, did you know you were speeding? Uh, oh, I wasn't. It's or like, like, oh, no, I, I was. Oh, um, no, I, I really am sorry, officer. I really don't know. What, oh, what am I going to do? My life is so, it's so stuttery. It's not congruent. There's no actual, like you haven't no strung together. You've not strung together the reasons why they should believe you. I mean, you could be having the worst day possible, be honest about that because you'd be, you'd be surprised how truthful things like that can change. Now, on the same hand, because we are talking about business and podcasting and like emails and everything else in between descriptions, the stories are so powerful in every area of what you do. It's how you describe how you got to the point of what they're about to be revealed to gives them everything. So, for instance, in the pullover, you know, the cop pulls me over and stuff. That example is I've given that cop every rundown, my email, so to say, to get to the point that we're at right now where I'm sat in my car and they're trying to ask me for my license of information. Um, that's one way. If it's with a podcast, 
I have given you guys an exact reason why and how I know Charlie and why we got on so well, what we cover in the show, it's relatable, and we get you to click on the actual thing. If it's in my video, I show you exactly what goes on in my day-to-day -day life, why I wanted the person to be on my show, what big uh, curiosity thing they can bring in, and now they're actually on board with it. So do you see how it, it constantly goes down to stories being able to be relatable so people can actually um, empathize with you? See, I like this, and I'm almost I'm, I'm going to attempt to pull one of your on the on the spot rundowns off. So for for this episode, and I always like to use examples when we talk about uh, copywriting and, and these deeper topics because I feel like an example can kind of set it in stone for someone. So for yeah. this episode, it's like if I was to sit there and say, like, uh, go into a story of like, well, last Monday morning I spent ninety minutes at my desk staring at a blank page. I just couldn't get any words down to actually create an email to send out to promote my latest podcast episode. If I don't get this email out, like no one's going to hear the episode. So encapsulating that. And then, and then I remembered I have this friend who knows how to copyright things. And we formed a podcast episode that went into this deeper context of that. So using something where you can make it relatable to podcasters, where I know they've sat at that blank page talking about the idea of, um, what to put in their email in the example. Just like your I friend was like, I've been pulled over by the cops. Everyone's had that experience. Exactly. One of the other ways that I'd actually even go further is personalize it in your voice. Don't lose your personality. Like, so Charlie and I have a very, as you guys can see, this is our actual dynamic, but we make fun of each other every so often, but it's always said in love. Like, there are times that I can imagine, not that he's ever done this, but I imagine at some point in our friendship in time, he will be like, oh God, you're such a dick. But like with a bit of a grin on his face and like, you're such a dick. Why? Because you managed to reel this off and it made me feel like an asshole. I took 90 minutes to do this. Um, yeah, I giggled about it before. Like, it's legit happened. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. That was his thought. He did just didn't voice it. So what you can do in an email, like when I was talking about like the version that I was doing with my email promoting you, I think I said something in parentheses like this dude, like he has a really kick-ass cool surname um, or besides the kick-ass cool surname. Um, so that's actually my voice with <laughs> the way that you could totally do that is like sigh, like, you know, you put like the, uh, asterisk sigh asterisk and you're like, took me 90 minutes to write this email to you. And the absolute worst part is, is I took, it took me 84 minutes staring at a blank page before I realized that one of my friends was, was like not only really good at writing copy, but one of the best to do it. So I decided to sheepishly send him a message and ask him, hey man, how would you write this email promoting our show that we did together? He sent me a voice message. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to transcribe everything because there was a couple of cuss words and a couple of ums and ahs that were left in there. Um, but the long and short is it ended with us getting on this, uh, him giving me the idea of just telling you what's in this email, like what's on this podcast. The podcast we really go into is how to, like he had already come onto the show previously. People, everyone asked me to have him back on about subject lines and titles and naming things and the important story. And I just had him back on. These are like the these are three of the 19 things we covered, including a couple of things where I threw offhand at him to see how he would handle them. And I got to admit, I was a little bit, uh, I giggled at one point when he actually caught me by going, God damn, you did this so effortlessly. If you want, like, I would suggest heavily if you're if you're struggling at staring at blank pages to get emails done, if you're struggling at putting your business out there, and you're having a hard time encapsulating subject titles, 
uh, and li- so, sorry, podcast titles and subject lines for your emails, then you really need to tune and listen to this episode. Here's the link. And you put the link two or three times like beforehand as well as different key points. But what you're essentially doing is taking the same thing, which is you're taking your real life story, tell them exactly what happened, and then selling the benefits like almost from the horse's mouth. We're like, go watch my show, asshole. You need to go see this. And then it kind of like encapsulates it. It, it brings it right back to you because you have your personality in that. So you've actually I really like that. It's it's an enhancement of the story. It makes it so much more relatable to what, and especially in podcasting, where you you, someone will know your personality. They're used to hearing your voice like that. That kind of matchup. Okay, for sure. Sorry to interrupt, Charlie. It's just, uh, do you mind if I just run with this? Because there's something that I did want to say that I think would be brilliant for the audience. Lay down. Cool. So let's just say your friend isn't. Let's just say it isn't me. Because right for myself, I can obviously do that. Give me someone else that you've interviewed and what you guys discussed. I'll just uh, scroll back. So we did, I'm going to go with last week's episode, which was on uh, doing good podcast interviews. Doing good podcast interviews. Who was that with? Was that a solo show? Or? That was a interview with uh, Jared is his name. So shout out to the previous episode. If you do want to learn about podcast interviews, uh, the episode with Jared Krauss. Okay, so Jack Krause, and you could just say, um, so the way that I would do this is say, now I've been doing podcasts for a number of years, and there's good podcasts, there's bad podcasts, there's in-between podcasts, and it's a craft. It takes time, and people believe that it's as simple as switching your phone on and just going, and sometimes it really is. But for many, you got to kind of get that cadence, you got to get that flow, you got to spend that time really honing your craft. Now, for me, I kind of got lucky because I spent my first uh, – Round doing podcasts. I did over a hundred and some shows. I got very comfortable interviewing people. I just got really bad at marketing my own show. When I started to build a system, I started to create freedom and I started to podcast in a much better way and who my audience were. And here we are today, where what we're doing. And that's the reason I had to have Jared, Jared uh, Krause on my show. Jared's all about how to do the interviews and get the absolute best out of the shows that you're doing. In fact, we cover ABC. D and E and so much more like D and so much more. Um, make sure you click here. Make sure you go watch or listen to the show here specifically. Um, you know, the seven minute mark or like the 19th minute mark where we cover this exact topic, but listen all the way through because he really builds up how that affects, like how that, how this one little mechanism affects the way that you do your shows. And just to re-encapsulate again, it's like what, that story element, uh, you know, I'm engaged, I'm listening to it, but it's the relatability to the struggle. It's taking yeah. like as a podcast host, if you are covering a topic where you have gone through the journey your audience is going through. So if you've got a, a, a copywriting podcast and people are trying to learn how to be copywriters, bringing people back to those relatable struggles, really powerful. I, I feel like there's a, a great power in that. Um vulnerability to, hey, I did this too, that draws people in. It really does. It really does. It's so much more fun. Like people don't realize stories are like the best thing in the world to get people engaged and hooked. So for someone that's not used to writing stories or uh, hasn't necessarily doctrinated themselves in doing it, where's a good place for them to start? How can they start doing stories? It's really understanding what your style of learning is. And what I mean by that is everyone has different things they take in. Like, for instance, if I asked you right now, Charlie, 
what is your favorite media form of consumption? Is it audiobooks, videos, visuals, or reading? To what is probably known from what I do, it's definitely audio. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Audio, right. So I would say listen to really good story-based podcasts. Rogan's a great example to listen to because Rogan's really good at interviewing, but all his stuff is always in a story. It tells the story of what's going on. Um, watch show hosts like, or listen to show host podcasts like uh, Last Week Tonight. Um, they do a really good summary of stuff. Listen to stuff like In the Night Veil. Vale. It's been a long time. It's been a show for an absolutely age, uh, like it's been around for ages. Look at like look at things that you're interested in that also have a story around it, and actually spend some time in them. Um, the next is listen to really good audio books uh, and read good books, watch good media. And I always found this really interesting. I never understood why copywriters hated Game of Thrones. Like some copywriters cannot stand Game of Thrones. I'm never going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm like, you're an idiot. And they're like, why? This show has literally been one of the top rated shows consistently for damn near a decade. It had such a huge fandom that it's literally become a thing. People name their pets after characters from that show. And it's not even like Sam the Cat. It's something like Daenerys, Stormborn Targaryen, or Khaleesi, which is not even a word in the English lexicon. They're coming up with this shit and making it a real thing. People are learning a fake language because they think it sounds cool as shit. How are you not studying this? And that is my thought process. Become a student of media and story. Look at what is being done. Even if all you do, and I'm not shaming you for this, if you watch the news, cool, I do not. I'm not a fan of the news, never have been. But if you watch the news, they are one good propaganda machine. They know exactly how to elicit your points in order to bring that emotional run out of you. Look at it and see what they're doing. And if it's all negative, flip the positive. Show how you can actually make those same negative headlines, positive headlines for other things. So uh, what would be a negative, like a negative headline right now is unfortunately the death of uh, George Floyd, I think it is, uh, the man that died in Minnesota that's like making huge headlines across the US and currently around the world for like America's racist cops or whatever it is. Those same four police officers have been fired and actually are facing trial right now for murder. They're, they're like going to be going to trial for murder, right? You have that. How do you turn that story into a positive if it's a negative headline? You can just say something along the lines of uh, justice for George Floyd um, in progress. And then the whole story goes into how there's like a back, there's a backstory of this long-term internal racism. And thankfully there's like, you know, Minnesota stepping up and prosecuting their police. In Whereas before in the past, if you're a police officer, you kind of have immunity in some places where you can break a law and they won't actually take you to court. They won't let it go beyond a point. That, that is institutional in the way that it works. So that's one way you can look at the story of how you could spin that if it's a, it's a headline um, from the news. But if it's something like you, Charlie, where you're listening to an audiobook, you can listen to a really good audiobook, um, and they will have really good stories in them, and you can actually find where the setups are. I'll tell you guys what. One of the homeworks, there's three homeworks I set every junior writer that comes onto my training. The first is you have to read every book by Robert Greene because Robert is absolutely brilliant at understanding Cuban psychology. You need to know that. The second, you need to, uh, I want you to, or at least I would invite them to, I'd want you to actually go ahead and um, read, if, if you like crime novels, find your favorite crime novel, but the one if you like crime thrillers, go read Chris Carter's Crucifix Killer. 
The reason I say him particularly is a really good storyteller. I've read a lot of novels in my time, and I always kind of want to put the book down and come back a little bit later on. This book, I and I'm, I used to be really bad for spoilers, meaning I'd go online, find the spoiler of a movie or book, and then go read the book or watch the movie because I wanted to see that it was worth my time. You know, I didn't like to sit down and watch a movie and then realize it was shit. Like, A Cure for Wellness was a terrible movie. I wish I'd Googled that ahead of time. I didn't. I wasted two hours of my life watching a really bad movie. It's, it's fucking terrible. Like, it really pisses me off. It's been three years. It still annoys me. Yeah, to um, be straight to knowing that one, it's still got some uh, pulling power on you. Dude, it's got, like, because the story, I hate bad story. The whole movie story was, like, unstructured. It's like the person that did this was really drunk. Like, a drunk baby put this together. That's how bad that story was. Like, the scripting, the writing, the cinema effects, fine, I'll give you some of that. But the overall story was shit. Anyway. What you end up doing is if you study really good media, like I watched, like again, I read Chris's book um, and I couldn't put that book down. I, I read the, and I'm dyslexic. It takes me ages to read a fucking fiction book. I read that book in three days and I was up till like two, three in the morning reading it at times because it was just constant in my brain. So that's kind of like the level that you get to is that level of like, holy shit, I'm actually doing this. I can't believe this is going on. What's going on? And then you start reading back those same elements and pulling out what emotionally triggered you. The last thing I get someone to do is usually I get them to watch a video game sequence. Like, so a lot of my guys, they play video games. So I get them to watch like really emotional video games, uh, cut scenes and like note what they feel. If you're not going to do that, which is fine. Look at emotional videos on YouTube and find out why does you emotionally react to those videos and what emotions you go through. A really great movie for this, um, Django Unchained by Quentin Tarantino. I, that movie took me through every emotional possible, uh, emotional spectrum possible. Happiness, sadness, pain, joy, triumph, betrayal, what's going to happen, it's like everything at once. Like guilt, shame, pleasure, pain, it was it's all It's a great bad. movie. It's a really good movie. It's a great movie. Hilarious at times as well. Um, it balances everything. Because of his ability to tell that story in the way that he did, I tell people, elicit all the emotions out and see where the breaking points were and then start putting that into your business. Like if there's a point that like during a very serious scene where the KKK is trying to actually ambush uh, Christoph Waltz and um, Jamie Foxx, Jagger and Dr. Fr uh, what was it? Um, Dr. Schultz. You've got them there, like they basically ambush them, but right before this, the KKK ambush them, you have this really dumb meeting where the KKK are sitting all there together and kind of like, who put, the, who made the masks? I can't see a damn thing out of my eye hole. Are we going to like raid them or not? And they go into this full five minute argument and Jonah Hill of all people is the one that's trying to like go, are we wearing the masks or not? What the hell's going on? And you got Don Johnson like leading this. So it's brilliant. It's funny. It's a patent interrupt, and you can do the exact same with your with your podcasting. You can do the exact same with any of your content. You can do a really heavy piece and then break it up with something very humorous in the middle and finish off with something heavy at the end. It's that break in between that people want. Dude, I find it really interesting where it's um, there's certain things in life where we think it's easy, but it's not. And I'll give you like a few examples really quickly. Is like uh, stand up comedy. It appears easy, yeah. very very hard, very incredibly difficult. Um, As a comic, I can actually attest to this. 
Yeah, um, I think anyone who's tried it or attempted it or thought about it, once you go down that rabbit hole of realisation of just how hard it is to be good at it and how easy others make it look, you go like, oh. But I feel like storytelling is actually one that feels into this category because essentially we're all going through life telling stories or re-encapsulating events, but like there's a gap, there's a big, big gap. And when you look to movies or uh, Robert Greene's work or anything like that, you just see how far you can take it. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I know how to tell a story. And it's like, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I it's find the it, ones that go, and then. Yeah. And then this happened, and this happened, and then this happened. There's levels to this, and it's um, something I feel I'm only just opening up the surface to as well. So, I mean, some great things to look uh, for there. Another recommendation I would put in, uh, this American Life with Ira Glasshouse um, is also phenomenal for storytelling if it is something you do want to go deeper in. Uh, Adel, though, I do have to round this one up because uh, we are coming close to our time here. Where is the best place for people to come and learn more about what you do and just really the depth of understanding you have in copywriting and I'd even say psychology as well? Yeah, I actually spend more of my time in psychology than people realize. Um, and a fun little note is I've not actually read many uh, great copywriting books. I own them. I read them as reference manuals, but I really sit down and devour them like others. Um, my thing, as you said, psychology and storytelling is more the thing. So where you guys can find me is on iTunes or Spotify or everywhere else. You can find the episode I did with Charlie in a couple of weeks' time uh, on Adwa Marcy Unplugged. If you want to find out more about uh, how I think about copy, creative directing, uh, story-based stuff, all the other things that go onto my elements of my brain, check out thinklikeacopywriter.com. Once you opt in there, you'll also receive a weekly, you'll receive three emails a week uh, that basically are, they they tell you about what I'm going to be covering in the Think Like a Copywriter series that I released uh, three times a week on Facebook and then eventually on YouTube, which expand out how I think entirely around funnels, strategy, time management, and every facet in and around business. Because a copywriter, in my opinion, just doesn't write ads. They need to know the full spectrum of business and really be able to write about anything. You have to be very adaptable. And the last place you can find me is, of course, adelmarcy.com. It's my home site. It's where we go. We have a crap load of new content coming out every single week. Um, And as the year kind of goes on, I said Charlie was at fault about this. Um, the reason I'm changing a lot of my business around and the way that I email other people is I spent so much of my time building other people's business and not so much of my own. And when I did the show with Charlie last time, I just came to the realization that this is something I am naturally good at and I really want to do more and share more and teach more. And that's, uh, that's the reason why we're basically moving towards that model. So you'll see a lot more content coming out from me over the next 12 months and beyond. I'm actually honoured here. I'm like, oh, I'm so, I mean, I did hope you to push you in this direction a little bit more because I do think there are hidden gems in, in what you understand to do, but I'm thrilled to hear that. I really, really am. Now, guys, oh, it's yeah. probably worth just jumping on uh, Adol's list here just to get an example of good emails that will give you some perspective on how you can improve your own emails. And I will say this is that often it's like once you know what a good email looks like, it becomes easier to measure where your emails kind of stack up. Like we try and set the example of what a good podcast is here so you can measure it up against your own. But in this realm, I think Adol really takes it to another level. And we will, of course, include links to everything 
get involved with it, uh, listen to his podcast, read his emails, go on his sites, look at Think Like a Copywriter, you will be better off for it. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Adil. Uh, we are going to wrap this up up here. Thank you. This has been another episode of The Business of Podcasting. Thank you.